0: Hello, and it is Resurrection Sunday. This is absolutely awesome. I believe you know this, but Christianity is really built. The foundation is two supernatural events. One is the incarnation, when God becomes flesh, when Jesus came to earth. And the second is the resurrection, Those are the two foundational truths on which Christianity is built, and we are celebrating the resurrection today. Now, someone might say, well, what difference does the resurrection mean to me? Well, if you look in Romans chapter four in verse 25, it says, he was delivered up because of our offenses. Get this, and was raised because of our justification. One translation says it this way, he was raised when we were justified. The fact that Jesus rose from the dead, This is what it means. It means that your sins are paid for completely. They're gone. right? God has taken and put all of your sin on Jesus. Your sin is paid for and you've been justified. Now that means that you've been made just as if you never sinned at all. That is awesome. That's why we can have fellowship with God. That's why it tells us in the book of Hebrews that we can come boldly to the throne of grace to receive help when we're in need it's because Jesus paid for our sin and when he rose from the dead God was saying your sins paid for and you've been made just as if you've never even sinned." to me the second thing about the resurrection is this it says it this way in Thessalonians it says but I don't want you to be ignorant brethren concerning those who have fallen asleep or have died least you sorrow like others who have no hope if we believe Jesus died and rose again, and we believe that, even so, God will bring with Him those who sleep or who have died in Jesus. What it means is this, that because when Jesus died, was buried, and then arose, God raised Him from the dead, it means that you and I will also be raised from the dead. That death has been conquered that death is no longer the one that holds the keys of victory. When Jesus rose from the dead, he literally, he defeated the devil. He defeated death, and he arose, and he said, I am he who was dead, but I am alive, and I have the keys of death and of Hades. He said, and I am alive forevermore. He says, I've defeated death. Death cannot hold you. When Jesus arose, it's proof that God is going to bring with him every one of us. We're gonna be raised from the dead. And that death is not the end. I think that that is so very, very comforting. And I believe that that is gonna comfort you in, in all that you go through in your life. Well, right now, Dan is gonna be coming up. He's gonna be sharing with us more about what Easter means to every one of us.
1: He is risen! So my mom uh, passed away a couple of years ago, and before she passed away on Easter Sunday morning, when I would call her, she would answer the phone, he is risen. And unless I said, he is risen indeed, she wouldn't even talk to me. So this morning, I want you to respond. When I say he is risen, I want you to yell it back. He is risen indeed. So he is risen. risen That's awesome. I sent that text to my kids this morning, and they know they have to respond back with the same thing. And this morning, we have a lot to be thankful for. It is Easter, and Christ is no longer in the grave. He has risen from the dead, and we celebrate his life today. I'm so thankful, Pastor Dwayne, Jeannie, Pastor Bernie, and the whole staff here, Pastor Al. they, They make me feel so welcome, and it's such an honor today. I'm a traveling preacher. Traveling preachers don't get the privilege of preaching on Easter Sunday very often, so I take this very seriously I have sought the Lord today for this message. And you need to know I'm going to share something with you. The Lord gave me like a week and a half ago to share with you. And I'm going to tell you right up front, I'm ending this message with an altar call. I'm going to ask those of you who maybe don't know Christ at all or maybe need to renew your commitment to Christ to be redeemed from that grave, that man-made thing that Satan throws at us. I'm going to give you the opportunity today to come and invite Jesus Christ into your life or renew that commitment to Jesus Christ. So I'm telling you right up front where we're headed. And it could be today that there are many here, usually on Easter, a lot of people go to church You don't go to church a lot of the other times. And I want you to know, first of all, welcome this morning. You are so welcome. Thank you for coming. I'm praying that the Lord would just speak to all of our hearts. All I'm asking you to do today is open your heart to whatever the Lord would say to you. Like I told you, I felt like the Lord laid something on my heart and it's not, a passage or a verse that I've ever heard on Easter. I've never really studied it for an Easter message. I know that today is about Jesus coming out of the tomb, and I want to just talk to you in simple layman terms about how I believe many of us feel like we're in some man made tomb. And Satan has got us trapped in there, and I want to take you to a passage and show you something i have never seen before i asked some of the staff afterwards had you ever seen that or heard that they're like no i said me neither so today i'm going to just share with you something the lord laid on my heart the scripture verse i want to use to open it up is very simple it comes from the book of matthew chapter 16 verse 13 and it reads like this when jesus came to caesarea philippi he asked his disciples who are the people saying i am now i As you look at that, it looks like just a normal little passage. For those of us who read the Bible much, we read the phrase, when Jesus came to, or when Jesus went to, a lot. When Jesus went to Jerusalem, when Jesus went to Bethesda, when Jesus went to the Sea of Galilee. It always refers to Jesus going somewhere and just teaching along the way or teaching when he arrives at that place. And when you read that, to the casual viewer, you'd go, oh, he was just going to another little town. But it dawned on me, That's not what this passage is saying to us. Caesarea Philippi was a place that Jesus only went, and I want you guys to hear this, he only went one time in his entire life. It would be like you saying, I'm going to Grand Haven, and I'm just going there once. Jesus only went to Caesarea, it should say that in the scripture, Jesus went to Caesarea Philippi once, but it doesn't. It just kind of casually says he went there, and you need to know, why this was a big deal. Because Jesus was going to Caesarea Philippi to tell his disciples, young men, probably between the age of 18 and 25. See, when y'all think about disciples, you picture somebody like me. All those drawings in the books, I got these old dudes walking around like this, you know? The disciples were very young men, 18 to 25. And Jesus said to them, come on, guys. They left Galilee. We're going to walk to Caesarea Philippi when he said it the disciples would have been like what we don't we don't go there jesus you know we don't jews didn't go to caesarea philippi if jews went there they were considered ceremonially unclean they didn't go to this town when you just take a quick peek at the town you kind of wonder why throw that pick up will you i mean caesarea philippi looks lush it was beautiful it was named after Caesar and Philippi, two great kings. And looking at it, you would go, that's beautiful. I mean, who wouldn't want to hang out there? Like, that's a great place. To, why, would Jesus, why is it a big deal that these disciples walked with Jesus there? Why is it a big deal that he said, hear the message, I am going to be crucified And I'm going to rise again. This is where Jesus went to tell his disciples, hey, guys, in just a few days in Jerusalem, the chief priests and the scribes, they're going to bring me in. They're going to flog me. They're going to kill me. And they're going to put me in a tomb. But I want you guys to know on the third day, I'm coming back. This is where he went to tell his disciples this was coming. So when we look at it, we go, well, what's the big deal? It's right there by a beautiful little river, and there's Mount Hermon. I mean, that's beautiful. But we got to zoom in a little bit. we got to zoom in and let you see what was there. In that picture you're looking at now, see that hole in the side of Mount Hermon? That hole was called the gates of hell. In our world, in our globe today, that's called the gate to hell. The Greeks believed that satan lived down in that hole and when you went in that hole you actually could enter into hell and jesus took his disciples to the gates of hell to tell them hey guys this world's about to kill me now you got to get some more stuff here you see that big open area right there underneath that was called the grotto of Pan. Pan was the Greek god for fertility, sexuality. And you need to know he was a goat, half goat, half man. So if y'all Google it up later, you'll see this goat-legged man standing like this. He's got a man's body from waist up and a goat's body from waist down. And that, this god, this Greek god Pan, was worshiped right there outside that hole that led to hell now children are in the room so i've got to be careful but let me just tell you men did with goats really gross things there that's where they would go to worship this god and it was a gross place please read between the lines jesus went there and his disciples are like why are we even here? We don't want to be here. It would be like this morning. Let me put it in modern-day language. If one of you came up with your family and said, hey, Dan, we have always wanted to meet you. What's up, man? Nice to meet you. And we shook hands, and then you said to me, hey, our family, right after service to celebrate Easter, we're going on vacation. I'm like, man, that's awesome. Where are y'all headed? And you answer, we're going to the strips in Las Vegas wait, wait, you've you got young children. I, I know, but we're going, you know, we want them to see the polls and stuff. We want our children to be exposed to this. And I would be like, can I just give you a heads up? Don't do it. <laughs> That's not where you go for vacation. You don't take your family to the Las Vegas Strip. That would be foolish. Y'all got to get the disciples are standing here going, Jesus, um, why did we come here? We aren't even really allowed to be here. And Jesus said, no, this is where I want to take you to tell you I'm going to die. And then I'm going to rise on the third day. Listen to me. And he went there once in his lifetime. So the question is this. Why in the world... Would Jesus go right here, stand someplace you're looking? Why would he go stand in that vicinity? He could have told his disciples in Jerusalem. He could have taken them to the Sea of Galilee and spread it all over. But he went to the gate of hell, the place in the world where people believed you could get the closest to the devil. Jesus went right there to tell them, I'm going to die. And i to rise again. And Scripture doesn't say why he went. Scripture doesn't tell us. So we have to decide, come up with ideas, etc. And you can go read all kind of different scholars, what they think. I'm, I've read this passage several times in preparation for this message today. And I'm going to tell you why I believe Jesus. Went right there to say what he had to say i called the best greek scholar i know i called him on the phone this week and i said bro i got an idea is this possibly why jesus went there and he said absolutely and here's what i believe it is your savior jesus the one we came this morning to celebrate rising from the dead jesus went right there to make the announcement because he wanted listen from then to 2018, the whole world to know, the whole world, our whole world, he wanted us to know, there's no place in this world you can go that I can't reach you. There's a teen girl sitting in here this morning. You're pregnant and your parents and your family doesn't know and you feel like Satan has got you right on the edge of that little spot right there and he's telling you just jump in. Jump off the edge of the abyss. Your life is over. You're done. You got no hope. You're a loser. And Jesus comes right along the edge of the abyss and says, Don't listen to that liar. I have a plan for you and that baby in your womb. And you can tell your parents, I'll walk alongside you and you're gonna make it. Don't you believe this world? Cause you know what's really amazing to me? I've studied this some in the last few weeks. I've noticed our world, our our world, we rally around death. We don't rally around life. Watch this: the Parkland shooting at the the whole world. Let's stop and pray. Let's stop. We ra- our world rallies around death, but we don't rally around life. We argue about when life begins. I want you to think step back from the United States, step back from our world, step back from where you live for just a second and look at the world. What would you think of people who would rally around death and not life? I think we would say, man, it seems like the deceiver has blinded them. And I want to tell you today that if we could step back a little bit and see our own lives, we could see, look, God wants to save us, and Satan wants to take us down. Jesus wants to resurrect us. Satan wants to condemn us to hell. Jesus gives us hope for life eternal. Satan wants to tomb us in. And today, you get to make the choice. Am I going to resurrect with Jesus or buy this big lie? That's it. That's the world in a nutshell. There's a family here. It's Easter and you'll be hanging out later today. But you feel like Satan has taken your family to the edge of hell. And stands you right at that abyss. And makes you think you can't do it. And and I want to show you something. So that thing Jesus predicted... Jesus said, they're going to take me there. Y'all know the story if you're here and you're a guest and don't know the story. So Jesus was taken by the people who were supposed to be the church people, and he was killed. And he died, and he was put in a tomb. And I want you to notice, the people who put him in the tomb, we're going to read the next little passage I want to read to you today. It says that those people, throw that verse up if you will, At the close of the first day of the Passover ceremonies, the chief priests and the Pharisees, that's the religious people, they went to Pilate, who had overseen Jesus being killed, and said to him, Sir, that liar, look, 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 guys, he's dead, and he's in the tomb, and they call him a liar. They're scared of him even when he's dead. (laughs) Have y'all ever been in a spot where you feel like you're already down and out and somebody steps on you? That's what Satan loves to do. Somebody sitting in here today, you already feel hopeless, and then some even church person came along and said something that really hurt you. Church people are sometimes gifted at that. Those of you who are here and you're guests today, sometimes we fail big time. We say we follow the Lord Jesus, but our words don't always do that. And to those of you who are guests today, I apologize. We could do it a lot better. So we request, these Pharisees said, in order, uh, for, in order for you sealing the tomb until the third day. Look, look at this. They said, he said he's going to come back on that third day. Let's seal this tomb. So, so Satan's got these guys so blinded, they go, let's roll a stone up against it and then let's take some sealing tape and let's seal this tomb. Because if we don't do that and he comes out and they steal his body, then we'll have more trouble than we had in the very beginning. This morning, there is somebody here. Satan has beat the snot out of you and you feel like you're in a man-made tomb. You think lowly of yourself. You think you have no value. These stones that roll up, I, I'll name some of the stones. Let me tell you one of the stones that, that rolls up against your grave, okay? You're in the tomb, and here comes the stone to seal it. Stone, here's a stone some of us carry our whole life. A stone, have you ready? Disobedience. We don't obey what we know we should do. Satan loves that stone. I had a gentleman, first service, the Lord did some cool stuff, and there was a gentleman came up to me. He had to be close to 70. And he just asked me to hold him. And he said, I've just been disobedient my whole life, and I'm going to turn this thing around. Look look at me. It is never too late to begin to be obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. You are still alive, baby. You got a shot at it today. Say, what is disobedience, Dan? It's walking in sin. You say, well, I don't even know what that means. I'd like to talk to you or others would like to talk to you more about it, but it's doing things that are contrary to what Jesus' word teaches us to do, to live a godly, a fruit-filled life, love, grace, peace, patience, obedience, kindness, the fruits of the spirit of Jesus living in your life. Here's basically what it is. Stop living for yourself and live to serve the Lord and others. That's really what it is. And this world, I don't know if you've watched the commercials, most of them are for me. Not many commercials tell you. You know what you ought to do. You ought to do good to others. Shoot, where's that going to get me, man? I got to take care of myself. I was talking to someone this week. They're thirty, and they're like, "I don't need God. I'm having so so, so much success here, and I'm having success here, and I'm ha- I just don't need God in my life." And I thought, I didn't argue. I just said in the back of my head, "Your day's coming." <laughs> if you're hearing all your life has been so, success so far, bless you. Your day's coming. Because life is life. Life is life. And choosing to live disobediently is like rolling your own stone up on your own tomb. Some of you have been sealed in with a stone of uh, family failures. There's a dad or a mom or a grandma or grandpa here today. Had that lady come up to me after service, last service too. Dan, it didn't work out the way I dreamed. In other words, life has happened and your dreams have been shattered and you connected that to thinking you're a failure and Satan has rolled that stone up on your tomb and sealed it and said, look at there, it didn't work out. Your family picture isn't what you thought. I was praying about this in the last couple of weeks, about a week and a half of my prayer time praying about it because I live in an imperfect family and we have issues. We do. And you know what the Lord spoke to my spirit? Then, man-made perfection gets you nowhere. Perfection is allowing me to lose the bumps and the bruises of life, allows, allowing me to use the bumps and the bruises and the things that come along in life to make you more like me. That's what perfection is. Some of you today are living in a perfect place to get that stinking stone away and go, "Jesus, use me with all my failures and all my faults. I'm ready." You are looking at a man who, without Jesus Christ, I would not be who I am today. He has changed me. I'm not the same man I was a year and a half ago. He has humbled me. He has taken me to new depths in him. He has walked alongside me. He's helped me appreciate life more. And I stand here today a better man because I seek God more than I ever have. He's shown me abundant love in the last year that I never knew I could even experience. I stand here today as a testimony to Jesus Christ, resurrecting power. Without it, this dude right, right here, this dude, done. And that guy knows me. Another stone that Satan rolls up on the tomb, it seals up on us. A stone of shame. Boy, he loves shame. Well, look at you. You guys. Did you, ever, did you ever read any scripture anywhere, those of you who read the Bible a lot, have you ever read a scripture where Jesus walked up to someone and said, I can't speak to you, I'm ashamed. No, 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 Jesus always reached out. He touched lepers. And look where he went to tell us that he was going to do what he did. The edge of hell. Don't you dare forget he went to Caesarea Philippi one time in his life. So this morning, I'm asking again that Jesus Christ would visit you, 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 wherever you are. One time this morning, Jesus, go grab him by the hand and tell him again, I got you. I, stinking, got you. Don't you, stinking, believe? Sorry, I'm using stinking a lot. But now don't you believe Because that tomb is stinking. And some of y'all are living in it today. You feel sealed up. You're the Easter egg nobody seems to want to find. You're not the prize egg. You're the egg that's been laying there about three years. And nobody wants to find it. Been wrapped up in the cloths of this world. Been told you ain't nothing? Teenager here this morning, you're the one that when you put out a little post on Facebook, your friends do it, and they get like 1,500 likes, and you get like three. And you know what? Satan uses that stinking Facebook to make some of you teens feel like, I'm not anything. Nobody cares. Nobody loves you. I want you to know Jesus, Jesus loves you no matter how many likes you get. I say that partly because I was that teen. I spoke to several teens after the service, last service, came forward during the altar call. And I said to them, if you ever told me I would walk up on a stage and preach to hundred people like this, I would have been like, what? There's no way. You don't know me. I'm the least likely to accomplish anything. In high school, I would have been least likely. Will he even become alive at his senior year. Not likely. I mean, I, I was from the wrong side of town. The wrong parents. The wrong this. The wrong that. And I want to tell you what. Jesus used what the world calls wrong all the time. He, you, you look at yourself and say, I ain't got no talents. Jesus like, you ever tried giving them to me? You ever tried letting me use you? Well, then I can't do anything. That Is part of Satan's plan to get you in the tomb of this stinking world and roll that stone up against you and tell you, it's over. Well, good news, it ain't over. Jesus came out of the grave. And he came out of the grave to take you by the hand and give you hope. When I was working on this message, it was very clear to me. I told you at the very beginning, we'll do an altar call. And I'm asking you, whether it's the first time you've ever come out of your tomb that Satan has you trapped in, or it, like me, is the thousandth time. When I was a kid, I used to go to the altar about every week. And every time I would leave the altar, I always felt renewed. You say, Dan, why do you have to come to the altar? It's not about coming anywhere. It's about surrendering your heart. And I always did it publicly. I walked forward because I wanted Jesus to know, hey, man, if you're willing to go in that grave for me and you're willing to rise from that tomb for me on the third day, I can at least walk up front and acknowledge you are my Lord and you are my Savior. And, man, I'm going to follow you with all my heart. And that's what I've chosen to do with my life. I have a burden this morning specifically for those of you who don't know Jesus as Savior, and you say, Dan, this is all made up? Nope. About a week and a half ago, the Lord laid this little message in my heart. And I know I'm supposed to give you an opportunity to come to the altar. I've asked Ken and the worship dude to come out. We're, we're going to take our time. You, you preached a short time. Right, because I'm going to give time for you to come to the altar. Those of you up in the balcony, if the Lord has spoken to you this morning and you feel that Satan has tombed you in, you say it's Easter. Danny, Easter. We're supposed to be going out here looking for eggs right now. God's looking for His eggs in this service, and there's some eggheads in here that needs His touch. There's some pink ones. There's some red ones. There's some white ones. There's some black ones, and we all need His touch. And the key is, will we surrender? So yeah, God's on the Easter egg hunt this morning. And he's looking across all the eggs. I'm going to ask you to obey whatever the Spirit spoke to your heart. I hope you don't remember my name. I hope you don't remember I preached here on Easter. But I hope you remember the events that will occur in the next few moments as you surrender your life to the Lord Jesus. For the first time or the thousandth time, it doesn't really matter. But it's time for you to understand when Christ came out of the grave, he did that to give you eternal life. He didn't do that to put on... Dan, how do you know he did that? You weren't there. Nope, I wasn't there. I I wasn't there to see Abraham Lincoln when he was president either, but I believe he was. Because people saw it and passed it on. And Jesus Christ rose from the dead. People touched his nail-scarred hands. They saw him rise from the dead. They saw him miraculously go back into heaven. People saw it. It got written down. And the good news is it got to me. And it got to my mouth. And now I get to preach it. And I'm telling y'all, Jesus rose from the grave to give you hope.
0: You know, if you're watching the program today, and in your heart, you are hungry for God, but you know you're not right with God. It may be that you've drifted away from the Lord. You, there's, there's guilt on your life and you just say, I know I'm not right. I need forgiveness. I want to give my life to the Lord. and I want to live for Him and serve Him. If that's you, would you please bow your head and would you pray this prayer with me and, and speak these words out loud and make those, these words your own. Just say, oh God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins and I believe that he rose again and I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I'm going to live for him every day and I thank you. You've heard my prayer that I'm forgiven, that my past is gone, that I'm a part of your family on my way to heaven in Jesus name. Amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer from your heart, God heard that prayer and you are right with God. Now I wrote a book and I want to give you a copy absolutely free. Right? It's full of bullet points to help you keep on growing spiritually. Now, all the information is right there on your screen. You can just download the book, and it is going to be a blessing to you.
2: If you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Dwayne, you are making one of the best decisions of your life. We are so happy for you. To receive a copy of Pastor's free book, you can go to walkingbyfaith.tv and request a copy of this book be mailed to you, or you can download it right there instantly. Either way, it's absolutely free. Did you know that you can find today's message available for free on our app? You can watch it right there or download it and save it for later. You can also follow along with Pastor Scriptures and share images on your social media. Or you can find today's program and others at walkingbyfaith.tv. Just click on Watch Latest Program. And as always, you can purchase a copy in the WVF store. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to help change the lives of others through Walking by Faith, Please visit walkingbyfaith.tv give for more information on becoming a partner with us. If you need someone to pray with or God is just doing some amazing things in your life, we would love to hear about it. You can contact us by phone, email, through our app or on Facebook or Instagram. Happy Easter week. Next time, Pastor will be back with another message on the journey of the follower. We'll see you then.